Hi, and welcome to a new episode of Don't Be a Man About It. Today, my guest, BJ Shah, the National Director at BNI, is here with me today, and I'm so happy to have you with me, BJ, to talk about a very interesting topic, and I think it's very much needed also in not only our personal lives, but in our professional lives. We'll get into that later on, but I really just want to say welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Rafi. It's a pleasure to be here, actually an honor, to be honest. Thank you so much. So, BJ, let's um, start with, tell me, how is your heart doing today? Well, it's a Sunday morning um, and we've just had a great weekend, um, so it's in a good place. If that's that's what you mean, you know, physically, I think I'll need to do a medical to really get it checked how it's doing. Uh, but no, I'm feeling really, really good. Thank you. Well, usually my guests, when I ask them that question, each one of them have his own definition. So some people would say my heart is feeling okay today. My heart is feeling a little bit emotional today. Um, when I, one of my guests, I think it, it was Matt Lucas, he asked, the, asked me back, how is my heart doing? And I didn't know how to answer. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for a great trip. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, um, yeah, like you say, it's different things for different people, right? Yeah, true. Um, had you asked me that question maybe a few years ago, I would have thought you're looking, you're asking about health, you know, yeah. um, because of course, you know, you hear so many stories about uh, disease and cardiac uh, disease. But uh, lately, as, as I, you know, I mean, I've been following a lot of people, listening to a lot of people. So, and then, you know, being on this particular podcast, this great show of yours, um, I could relate to what you might be meaning or asking. Um, and that's what I meant. You know, I feel I'm in a good place. Um, so, yes. And it's, it's a, you know, just had a weekend. Um, and a weekend is always a great time to... Energizing. Wind down, <laughs> reflect on the week before. Yeah. Look forward to the, the following week and things to come. So, yes, good start. I like that. So may it always be uh, in a good place. Um, so BJ, um, you are the national director at BNI and I personally joined the um, one of the chapters, the champions chapter, because you also encouraged me and you uh, gave me that recommendation, which I really would like to thank you for that. Congratulations so, and welcome. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm very excited. But um, so tell me, I know that BNI actually came from a very personal story. Could you share that with us a little bit? Sure, yeah. Um, you know, I was actually um, working in London. Mm -hmm. So that's when I first came about uh, BNI. I was working for an American retail stockbroker. And a lot of my colleagues were members of BNI. And I was relatively new. Um, and they said, look, BJ, the best way to, you know, it's, it's, we rely a lot on referrals and word of mouth recommendations. So they say to me that you've got to be part of BNI because you're going to meet a lot of people who will refer your business. And I said, oh, that's fantastic. Because the other option uh, when you start new at that level was really going knocking on doors and cold calling people. Um, and not cold calling with the intention of actually doing any hard sell, but really, you know, meet as many people as you can, build up a relationship. It's a long process. 
and with with cold calls you know there's a lot of rejection that happens so it requires a lot of hard skin to really do that um so the encouragement they said look why don't you look at uh, joining into bni and uh, you you'll find a lot of uh, value in it and i said yeah that sounds great so i got myself invited to a few of these sessions and unfortunately every meeting that i went to already had somebody in my category already uh, you know uh, a member um and they only allow one person so the idea is to avoid any direct competition um and i just couldn't really get into a chapter and i said well what does it take to to actually find a chapter the way you can see um and they said you got two choices either you know you could just sit and wait till a vacancy arises because from time to time people do move on or uh we could actually you know help you get started uh, in a new chapter and i said oh that's fantastic you know i don't want to just sit around waiting so why not actually get involved in starting a new chapter unfortunately at that time uh, you know where i was living they didn't have the right uh, infrastructure because to start a chapter you need uh, somebody who can help you with that process uh, from bni so they were still building their team in that part of uh, the country and i said okay i'll wait um, but that wait became a bit too long and i just forgot about things and you just carry on you know uh, with with other things so things just you know moved on i kind of forgot about it i didn't realize that it was a global organization um where you know you have uh, chapters in in many other countries i just thought it's a local sort of community service sort of uh, organization and um i think it was about 2 or 3 years later um my wife and i we found ourselves in dubai uh we were looking at an opportunity here i was invited to join a, a local company and uh, we were just here for a couple of weeks but it was pure uh, coincidence you know you could call it serendipity um i received a call from bni while i was in dubai obviously they didn't know i was in dubai um i had my cell phone on roaming and uh, they said look we have you on our list and we're trying to invite you to join our uh, new group yeah. uh, we are having uh, you know an information session why don't you come along and i said firstly i was like what is bni and then obviously all things came back and i said yeah of course you know that early morning networking group um and i i i was going to go back you know of course uh, before we made a decision to move to dubai i had to you know go back um and i said yeah i'll come and visit your meeting but then i was thinking maybe i should join bni in dubai if we're going to start out a fresh over here so we started looking around and we found that there was no bni um we sent out uh, an inquiry on the on by email and uh, they had quoted in the us got a reply saying yeah we would love to have somebody actually take up the franchise for the UAE um so when i went back uh, you know the, the following week um, i i did go to the information session i met a few people and i was really looking at it with the intention of getting to know more about the organization and they were so supportive so helpful um and really got interested you know this was like everybody's trying to help each other and you're like there must be a catch somewhere and they no we just just want to try and see if we can help you and i was like wow you don't even know me yeah, yeah. um yeah. So anyway, cut a long story short, um a year later, you know, we ended up actually uh, launching our first chapter. I was doing it as a, a side hustle to say. Uh, it wasn't really a a long-term, you know, business vision uh, as much as it's a, it's a business, you know, the franchise, but it was more like a part-time thing. And I'll tell you when things changed for me. It was actually um 
a few months into it when uh, I met a particular member who came up to me, an elderly gentleman, you know, probably in his uh, early 60s, and he came up to me at one of the sessions, a bit teary-eyed, and uh, he just wanted to give me a hug. I wish we could do that these days, of course, with, yeah. with the current situation, we can't hug people or even for that matter, meet everybody, right? But in those days, um, he, and I was like, uh, you know, I wasn't sure exactly how to react. And I said, yeah, look, you want a hug? I'll, I'll give you a hug. Um, and he hugged me tight and he said, I just want to thank you. And I say, you're welcome. What is this about? He said, no, I just need to share a personal story with you. And I said, yeah. Um, I wasn't sure exactly that this was going to. I said, look, going, I yeah. my, my, my daughter got married last month. And, uh, you know, as you would expect, um, I stood up and gave the father of the bride speech. I'm never one of those who would actually have that confidence to speak in public. I probably, you know, as a father, it's an expectation. My, my daughter would have an expectation. My wife would. Um, all the members of the family would. But I am just not that kind of person. But it's only having joined BNI, I have gotten the confidence of uh, speaking in public, um, speaking confidently and, and actually, you know, standing up and, and because in, what happens in a BNI meeting is every week when you go to the meeting, you stand up and speak, you know, you go to, you get 30 to 60 seconds. Um, and he said, that was probably the best gift. My daughter said it was the best gift that I could give her because they never expected that from me. And this is just amazing. And, you know, to me, that was like, wow. Yeah. Um, you never realize the kind of impact that you can have on other people with the thing that you do and this was nothing to do with me personally it was just he was part of a system called bni and that sort of empowered and enabled him to do what he did mm -hmm. uh, but that was very touching to me because it's only then i realized that this is not just about business or referrals it's much more than that um, it's different things to different people but yeah. imagine the kind of impact that you can have on different people if you want to you know really do this so I said I came home that day and I came to my wife and I said you know what I think we need to do this full-time because this is just great um, every day you're meeting different people sharing their stories on how this is helping them and if we could you know do this um, like full-time and, uh, and imagine the impact imagine the kind of impact that can have and that's how we, we there's a Absolutely. So long story short, here we are 16 years later. Yeah. I was telling you that there's a statement that I like, which is give as much as you get, maybe a little more. And I feel that by, by practicing this approach in the business industry to give as much as we receive, even a little more, that could change the business future and the business's um, perception on the long term, if that would be applied for compassion, kindness, empathy, um, the human senses that sadly we lack in the business. I know that you're someone who's very compassionate and you, yeah. you have it as a priority uh, and a high value for you. Um, so tell me more about why do most leaders shy away from being compassionate? 
Um, I'm not too sure whether I would agree with uh, if most leaders uh, share that print compassionate. Yeah, you see all sorts of leaders out there, absolutely. Um, I think what it is, the way capitalism and, and you know the corporate world out there is thought of is it's, it's survival of the fittest, um, competition. But I think all that's changing, Rahaf. Um, I think the C word now is collaboration. If you actually talk to the current generation or the generation to come tomorrow, um, I mean, you know, when I speak to my 13-year-old son, uh, and when I look and I observe his behavior amongst, uh, you know, his peers, his friends, um, they are there to share everything and give everything. And, you know, when I looked at my younger self, I was always taught that, look, you know, you always got to be ahead. Um, when it came to exams and tests, it was like, okay, you know, you don't share things openly. You want to be there. Uh, you may not openly share things with the friends because you got to get those a grades and when i look at my son he's like yeah i can get an a but why can't all my other friends also get the same and so if i can help them get the same that doesn't really change anything for me and i'm thinking you know that's competition and uh, so so the mindset is different but i think uh, as human beings we are wired to help each other as as a, you know as a species socially we would you know if you're out there um and you saw somebody in trouble or danger um, naturally, most people are good people and they would go out and see if they can help them. I think last year with what happened, you know, and what we're all facing currently, um, that's actually a real testament to the power of uh, how we can all get together. Uh, there were so many stories out there, people helping each other, helping in, in so many other ways, right, in terms of yeah. mental support, uh, moral support. But what's happened is when it came to business, that wasn't the case. Oh. It was, you know, um, like I said, but that's changing slowly. And our tagline would be announced, you know, yeah, yeah, change. So I think when you say most leaders, I think, yeah, when, when they're in that position, they probably feel the only way to survive or get ahead is, um, you know, to, to, to be that. But, uh, they, they, you know, there's a gentleman by the name of Adam Grant, um, he's written a book called Give and Take. And if anybody gets a chance to read that, it's a fantastic book. And what he talks about is true leaders or real successful people out there are the givers. Uh, but unfortunately, what also happens is the givers also um, get, get taken advantage of. Um, so there are two kinds of givers. You have the givers who are conscious of what they're doing and they know and uh, they are there to help others, but they can also sense the other person, and if the other person is purely a taker, then they will stay away from that. Uh, they won't surround themselves with other fellow givers or abundant-minded people. Mm -hmm. um, but what happens is, unfortunately, when people don't know, they, they go out giving um, and they get taken advantage of. So what he you know talks about in that book is if you can identify those people, then, of course, you, you stay away. But um, there are takers, so they're literally people who will just be there to take, take, take. And then we have matchers, you know, um, people who measure everything, you calculate and say, okay, he's given me this, so let me give that. I've gotten this, so let me give that. And a true giver will actually give without expectation. So give always, it? like you say, go over and above. Sorry? The third type would be selective when they give. Uh, I wouldn't say it's, it's calculated, calculated. So it's only, it's like, um, you know, I scratch your back, you scratch my back. 
Um, they will only give when they know that they're going to get something. So they try to match it. They call, he calls them matchers. And at the end of the day, he says, you know, the best trait would be to be a giver. The givers sleep better at night. Um, whereas the other ones, you know, they're always on, <laughs> they'll have to look behind the back at all, all the time. Then it's not sustainable. But yeah, you get all kinds. And, and in our organization, you know, what we want to really um, ingrain in, 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 in our members is the value of giving, true giving. Mm. So I come across lots of stories every day. I do come across members saying, you know, I've done a lot of giving, but I'm not really getting much out of this. And I truly understand that. So then it's understanding, you know, uh, in what ways are, are they giving. And sometimes you could be giving and other people want to help you back. But I think this is where um, perhaps, you know, in, in context of this particular topic, uh, compassion, um, there are people out there who want to help you, uh, but you also need to be specific or help them, or you've got to be able to express openly. If you don't express, if you don't communicate, then it's very difficult for other people to help you. And uh, one of the messages I would share is, you know, um, of course, it's very important to build a trusted network of people, surround yourself with the right kind of people who share the same values as you, and then allow yourself to be vulnerable and open up to them. Because once you do that, then you'll get all the help and support you need. But if you keep it all to yourself, then unfortunately, it can't really help much. So it, it really comes down to, you know, building the right uh, network, I would say, and a network doesn't have to be meeting lots of new people all the time or having, you know, uh, hundreds of people out there. It could be having a small, intimate support group of people, 5, 10, 15, 20 people, but these are people closest to you and you can relate strongly to them and you can be open with them. I love what you said about the givers and the takers. Um, I am a giver and I learned the hard, I don't want to say the hard way, but I learned it at a very, let's say, um, old age that sometimes giving also a giver has to have boundaries in a way where he doesn't allow himself to be taken for granted but at the same time not in a way that it affects his compassion or empathy or kindness and to not connect Absolutely. both yes. things at the same time yeah. create your boundaries but stay compassionate say what you want vocalize how do you want to help and receive help but but don't get thick-skinned. So that's a very, very important distinction, especially in our uh, corporate world. Absolutely, yeah. You hit it on the nail, exactly. Yeah, I it's, love it's that. It's important to be conscious. So I, sadly, we live in a, um, in a society where they encourage the culture of stress, of stress. And having a burnout is something very normal. Yes, it's getting better, but it's still common and it still happens where employees would share with pride that I'm a workaholic. I work on weekends. I'm working late. Um, I'm, I'm barely seeing my family. I'm barely sleeping. And their managers encourage that behavior by giving them bonuses, promising of promotions, promising of whatever it is. And you know how the market is going. So how can we shift? How do you think? I know it's a long road, but things are getting better. So how can leaders shift that culture of stress to culture of compassion and yet stay, you know, productive? And I'm, 
I don't know, I believe that would increase productivity. Yeah, that, that's a great question, Raf. Um, like you said, it is a long road. It does come down from, from, from the top, you know, uh, especially when you're talking about the corporate world. Um, what truly does an organization stand for? I think it starts with that question. What is their purpose? Um, because if it's all driven mainly for profits, then this is not going to work. But, you know, there's a new movement now called uh, conscious capitalism where, and, and I think a lot of people, a lot of leaders now sort of kind of understand that if you look at a lot of businesses out there, um, they having a certain purpose. So it's not driven, of course, to, to be able to survive, uh, not only survive, but to thrive, you do need to be profiting. But that's not the core purpose, the actual purpose of that business, uh, you'll be other things, you know, the social impact that it's, it's having. Um, so if it's driven by that, and then when it empowers its uh, members, its team, its employees, um, and creating a culture around that, then I think um, all this kind of gets mitigated. I may not totally go away because together with that, I think it's also important for the people in that organization to be aligned with the same values themselves. Yeah, As an individual, you know, if you're somebody who's driven not by purpose, but just by, you know, uh, uh, whatever it is, uh, you know, earning the most, getting the most, getting the most sales or whatever, you know, yes, it's good to be competitive. You do want to be, you know, driven, but at the same time, you've got to ask yourself um, the impact that might be having the cost uh, to yourself, to your health, to your family, uh, everybody around you. Um, so till the individual recognizes um, and has their own priorities, uh, you know, re reordered. Together with then being part of an organization who also share the same values, that can work. Um, so that alignment is important. So you know, if somebody is new in 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 you know starting out, um, if I were to give advice to somebody very young, uh, setting out uh, starting their life. Um, I think it'll be good to for them to to you know be coached into what do you need to look into an organization? It's not just the one which pays you the most or the one which, you know, has a certain uh, in, in, in the market out there. You really got to dig deeper to ask yourself, do I want to work for the organization and why? What do they stand for? And do I stand for the same things? Um, so so that would be somebody down there. Somebody's already there, you know, people who are in their 40s, 50s. Um, if they come to that realization today, what changes can they make? Yeah. Um, that, that's probably a more difficult one. But still, I, I believe, you know, if people uh, took time to just reflect and, and ask themselves what really matters to them most, um, then they, they have a choice to make and, and they could probably make some choices. I, I, I do hope that this day would come very soon because the amount of stories that I listen to on a daily basis where employees have to deal with um apathetic apathetic managers uh very money driven very target driven they really don't care if the employee is happy not happy how's his life work balance doing so they end up the employees not only being unhappy but also their performance would get worse and no one would care enough to ask that employee so it came to my attention that your performance went a little bit low. Is there something going on that I can help you with? 
the discussion would be the exact opposite. If you do not improve your performance, then you can consider yourself fired. What's your take on that? What do you think yeah. of this? <laughs> well, obviously it's, it's, it is about relationship building. If people took taught more time to build relationships, get to know the people um, in their teams, and this is where, you know, you talk about compassion, uh, empathy. You know, what is empathy? A lot of people sometimes confuse empathy and sympathy. Um, as, as a manager, as a leader, uh, I think empathy is so important because empathy is really not necessarily agree with the other person. It's but just at the same yeah. time, um, yeah, yeah, you don't have to agree. You can agree to disagree, but at least you're respecting where they're coming from and their, you know, opinions and, and you know, their thought or process. So when you show that, then you can work together. Uh, but when it's uh, all about, you know, it's either this way or the highway and uh, without really taking time to understand the, the other person's uh, situation, then that, 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 that's just not sustainable. And this is, that's when you have all these issues, like you say, the stress and, um, and mental health can get greatly, greatly affected by that. So it's having an environment which is um, more inclusive, um, more compassionate. But the question then, you know, like you said, is how do you create that culture? And it does start from the top. It does start from the leaders. When your leaders right from the top uh, exhibit that sort of trait, then, and, and they choose the right people, um, then that can be, you know, filtered all the way down. But it's, it's, it's not an easy one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Have you ever found yourself in a place where you're not being treated with compassion and just left? Uh, I've been very fortunate. I've been very fortunate that um, everywhere that, I have been, or the people I've surrounded myself, maybe subconsciously, it's just that the people I choose to be around with are, you know, and I've been lucky. Um, these days, I'm more conscious. So as you mature, as you go through more experiences, you learn and, uh, you know, you, you, you are very careful and very selective in the kind of people you associate yourself with. Um, but generally, you know, I, I, I've never seen myself, I've always, you know, occasionally I might have found that, hold on, this is not the right um, company that I'm in or situation I'm in, uh, but I, I've been able to get out of that very, very fast. Um, the best thing for me, I can say is, um, again, uh, I consider myself very lucky, I, I have a very supportive uh, family, um, I'm somebody who I can actually talk very, very openly about pretty much anything and everything with my my life partner so that is also very important you know where you can actually talk and and share and express um and and they are very supportive of you uh, so luckily I've, I've actually never had any serious challenge but the times that i had some challenges you know when i talk and i'm expressing then then i know that i've got the right people behind my back um, and they support me and they are able to, you know, get me out of that situation. Um, but yes, you do find, everybody will find, you know, themselves with um, situations. It's, it's about how you deal with it um, and what you do about it and how, how much you sort of hold on to that situation. You know, you've got to learn how to just let go of certain things um, and then just move on. 
Amen. Yes, I totally agree. BJ, thank you so much for sharing all of these insights. Um, is there anything specific that you'd like the business leaders uh, or any man listening to this episode on compassion, on maybe a few steps or few action, very specific action steps that they can take to improve their well-being when it comes to this? Absolutely. Thank you, Rahaf. Yeah, the one thing I would say to everybody in business, especially in the business world, um, see if you can find yourself uh, uh, some sort of, I don't want to call it a network, it might have a different connotation, but, but at the end of the day, it does become a network, a group of people that you can, uh, this, this would be, you know, you've got to build a very strong, trusted relationship with these people. And there are many groups out there or many, um, um ways in which you can do this and I'm, I'm not talking about large groups i'm talking about you know small groups four six eight ten twelve people um sometimes they're referred to as masterminds sometimes uh, they're referred to as uh, in certain organizations as forums but the idea is you become part of these and this kind of becomes your informal board of advisors um and they would share the same values as you do uh, and, and you participate in these, they are highly confidential, but when you get a chance to be, become part of these, uh, masterminds is, is, is a common term for these, um, they can be great in providing support in so many different ways. Um, and, you know, I, I would urge everybody to become part of something like this. Find something where you will find like-minded people, you know, to your level. Um, but don't, because it can be quite lonely, no matter how big or small a business you're running, how large a team that you might be um, um, heading, it, it is very lonely. Um, so it's important for you to continuously connect with other people who are equally lonely and for you to form that group where you can actually then open up to each other. Um, yeah, I, I, that, that would be my advice. You know, I think it's really important and um, look out for these kind of opportunities. They are there. I love it. Thank you so much, BJ, for being here. Um, I loved having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Rahaf. Thank you for having me. Um, and like I said, it was a great honor. And uh, I look forward to meeting you soon in person. Yes. Uh, hopefully <laughs> soon, because, um, you know, now that you're part of BNI, we will get a chance to do that. But I also wish you the very best in your BNI journey. And um, yeah, thank you. Before I leave you to enjoy the episode, I'm going to ask you for a very small favor. Please tell your friends about the show and help me help as many men as possible with their mental health. Now, I know they might not be able to speak up or ask for help, but maybe, just maybe, by listening to these remarkable stories, something will resonate with them. I truly appreciate your support on this, and thank you for listening.